Hey everybody, it's Jason. Welcome or welcome back to the Mosaic Church Podcast. At the end of this podcast, please take a moment to connect with us on social media. It's a great place to learn more and to see what's happening at Mosaic. Most importantly, hope the following message encourages and inspires you to take a new step on your faith journey. Enjoy. I hate you so much. I mean, I mean, I just hate you so much. I yelled from the large platform of the church I worked in. I sat there on this stage with 1,800 available pews to be sat in, screaming through gritted teeth how much I hated him. You have no idea what John did to me. I mean, we've all been through stuff and people have hurt us, but no one's ever hurt me like John before. John was a trusted friend. John was somebody who I'd mentored his daughter in youth ministry for years. I had poured my life into John's family. I had given my time and my energy and my effort. I'd given my life to help John. John was a ministry leader in the church. John had asked me to come and speak at events. And I'm just a, I'm a young man, a young leader growing. And he had encouraged me and he poured into me and he had told me amazing things and said, Jason, I see that God has amazing things for your, plan, for your life. I can see it in you. John, I can't stand the man. Who does what John did to me after everything I've done for him? I can't believe after all of these years, because of one decision I made, you think I'm not worth it anymore. See, John and I had a disagreement. I made a choice about a discipleship move within our youth ministry. It affected his family. I made up, a, I just had an idea, and I, I, I went a different way. I thought, hey, our discipleship groups, we should have accountability. I wanted to try this certain side of program, and I had this idea inside of my head. And so he didn't like it. And so what John did is John started gossiping about me through the whole church. John started, John started telling people what a terrible person I am. John started saying things and rumors and gossip, and this was now affecting layers and layers of families. John went to my lead pastor. My job is now in, 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 going to be taken from me possibly, and my kids are, I mean, where are they going to go, and we're going to be kicked out of a church, and my, my mind is spinning. I trusted John. John was somebody I looked up to. John was older than me. I'm a young man in ministry. It's hard. I, I tried. I did the best I could. I made mistakes, but it seemed like most people were gracious, but there was no grace in this one for some reason. This one came with a sword. John and I, we didn't agree. There were multiple families involved. John had multiple family groups coming to this church, and they all left the church, and they said it was my fault. They said it was all because of me, and there were youth, many, many youth in our youth group who started to say things about me, started to spread rumors about me, terrible things. What did I do to deserve this? John had damaged me to a place I had never been damaged before. It's one of the first times in ministry where I saw the other side. I saw the side of when you make yourself vulnerable, how it can hurt if you let people in. I was broken. I, I hate John. 
I can't stand him. I, I stood on this stage, and I didn't say the words, I hate you. I didn't yell it, but it was all inside of here. And that Sunday, I gave a sermon that you would never know. But inside, I hated John. I hated everything he had done. And you would never know by my ministry because I kept on smiling. I kept on preaching. And you guys were all fooled by it. But inside of me was a dark, dark thing that was brewing. And it was spinning like, a, like this big, huge hurricane that wasn't moving just in my heart. It was moving throughout all of me. God is no way pleased with me, with my hatred for this man. I learned a lesson very early. and Maybe you can relate. Maybe you can relate with the Johns in your life, those trusted people, the ones who said I love you, the mentors, the people who let you down, the people who go behind your back, the ones who talk about you, the ones who gossip, the people who slit your throat when you were most vulnerable. For me, it was John. I almost quit ministry that day. I was done with it. The hatred so consumed me, the brokenness so consumed me that I was like, I am done with that. Now think about this. You're not sitting here if all those years ago if that happened. But the problem isn't John, friends. The problem is me. I'm the problem. John did what he did. Me, I'm the problem. This that's festering inside of me comes from a place of unhealthy spiritual beliefs, unhealthy spiritual life, unhealthy mental life that I would allow somebody. So it was such a stupid, small, little thing. A couple of people are talking, and you're like, why did this destroy my life? Anger was embedded so deep in me, and I couldn't even see it for until a year later. And that's what we're going to explore today. Maybe you are in that place right now of just something so embedded inside of you of hatred and anger that you want to stand on the top of the biggest stage in the world and say, I cannot stand you. I hate you. I wish you were dead, even darker. But Jesus actually teaches about this. For those who are new today and exploring and, and jumping in, or if you haven't been here for a few weeks, we're on the Sermon on the Mount. Sermon on the Mount, Jesus is teaching the greatest sermon ever given. And he starts to teach these principles of his kingdom. In his kingdom, it looks like this. But in our world, it looks different. And we're going to look at one of the teachings that nobody wants to talk about. That's why I took it. <laughs> Anger. That thing that we say, it's not that big of a deal. We allow it to fester inside of us. We allow this thing to grow. And Jesus actually teaches this. When it gets in and has a foothold, it can destroy your life. So we're going to dig into today. Matthew 5, chapter 5, verses 21 to 26. If you have your Bibles with you, please feel free to open there. If you have your apps or your iPads, iPhones, um, I always encourage you, read the Word of God. Not only now, along with us, but read it throughout the week. Uh, if you're looking for what to read, Matthew 5, 6, and 7 is the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, we're going to be teaching through this uh, up into our Christmas series. And the Sermon on the Mount is such a powerful, powerful teaching. We could teach on the Sermon on the Mount for years. There's so many things inside of here that we can learn from him. But we're going to take one principle today in 21 through 26. It says this. You've heard it that is said to the people long ago. 
you should not murder, and anyone who murders will be subject to judgment. But I tell you that anybody who is angry with a brother or sister will be subject to judgment. Again, anyone who says to his brother or sister, Racha, is answerable to the court, and anyone who says, you fool, will be in danger of the fire of hell. Therefore, if you're, if you're offering a gift at the altar and there remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there at the front of the altar. First go and be reconciled to them, then come and offer your gift. Settle matters quickly with your adversary who is taking you to court. Do it while you are still together on the way, or your adversary may hand you over to the judge, and the judge may hand you over to the officer, and you may be thrown into prison. Truly, I tell you, you will not get out till you have paid the last penny. Jesus starts with this idea. I'm going to take you guys old school. We're going to take you back. This thing called the Ten Commandments. If you're new to church life or have heard of it, the Ten Commandments were given in Exodus. God gives these ten principles of living, the ten principles of living to the Jewish or the Israelites, the Israelites. And the Israelites received this from Moses. So they're written down on these tablets. If you guys ever watch Charlton Heston, the Ten Commandments, Easter time, awesome movie, super inaccurate, but awesome, right? So uh, great movie. So one of these Ten Commandments, if you haven't heard the Ten Commandments before, one of the Ten Commandments is you shall not murder. Seems pretty simple. In Exodus, it says for you, you shall not murder. That's one of the Ten Commandments, okay? Seems simple enough. But I want you to think through the Ten Commandments from a different perspective. A lot of times, when we dig into our lives and we start talking about God, religion, faith walks, all these different ways that we term it, we start to see them as these rules of not really having fun. Rules that are like, eh, I don't necessarily want to do them. I'll do the big ones. I got the don't murder one. Like, uh, most of us here are pretty good on that one so far, right? <laughs> do not murder. Okay, I got that one. But but he gives us these guidelines to say, I want you guys to think through things a little bit differently. These are like rules of driving. They're there for your safety. The rules of driving, for all of us who are driving out there, and to our young drivers, to our young drivers, please follow the rules. Um, to those who are driving, please go the correct way through a roundabout, right? <laughs> you know who you are, man. You know. And also, would you just stop and let the person go? You're not going to beat them through, okay? But so the rules of the road are made for a reason. These rules of the road are to keep you safe. It is the right way of living. So now the rules of the road of the Ten Commandments are saying, I'm going to break this down to very simple. Ten Commandments, drive on the right side, okay? We all drive on the right side going that way. Makes sense. That's a rule. Keeps everybody safe. That's what the Ten Commandments are for life. And so he gives us these rules as a way of freedom. They are not restrictive, burdensome, God's lame. He doesn't want me to have fun in life. He's telling you, I know what you are human, and as a human who's full of sin, here are your rules for life. So he starts it with this message with this. You have heard it said, which means all of the audience who are all Jewish people at the time, maybe some outsiders, some foreigners, you've heard it said long ago from the Ten Commandments, You've heard it said, do not murder. Okay, very good. Anyone who murders is subject to judgment. What is that judgment? We find out in Numbers 35, 30 through 31, it says this. If anyone kills a person, the murderer shall be put to death on the evidence of a witness. 
But no person shall be put to death on the testimony of one witness. Moreover, you shall accept no ransom for the life of a murderer who is guilty of death, but he shall be put to death. So in numbers, we say, okay, we're going to get this law and we're going to break it down a bit more because maybe you aren't taking this seriously. If you murder, what's going to happen is you're going to have at least two witnesses that can approve that happened. You don't want someone to say, oh, I don't like him, murderer, right? Like, over, right? So you've got two witnesses happening. Two witnesses are there. And he says, okay, if you murder somebody, you can't have a ransom. You should be put to death. Now, that's what Jesus teaches in this message. He's teaching about his kingdom. In his kingdoms, it's different. Anyone who is holding anger, fury, bitterness towards someone, it's different. If you so much as harbor anger inside of you, if you so much are saying, I don't like you, I hate you, you fool, inside of there, the seed of murder has begun. It's the same thing. Think about that for a second. Jesus is taking a totally different way and in going into the actions he says, the actions are clear, but let me get to your heart. Inside of your heart, you say you don't murder, but have you? Now, I want you to pause. I'm going to give you just a second. How many people have you hated, despised? How many people have you murdered? Just sit for a second and think. Our tallies are going up. I can see the numbers over your head like it's a Sims game. This is a scary teaching because Jesus now says in my kingdom, I'm saying to you that if you think you're not murdering, let it be so, that's good. But I'm saying to you, if you even are angry with a brother or sister, that you are in the same subject of judgment. Now you're like, okay, Jesus, anger, right? There's righteous anger. There's different types of anger. We're going to look into this and we're going to dig into it. But I want to give you a scenario for a second. In our world, we judge by actions. What you do is what matters. In God's world, it's your heart that matters. The actions are already way past the thing that started in your heart. So in a lot of ways, you get a thought inside of your head. Inside of your head, you have a thought. The thought moves to your tongue. Your brain tells you to move. And then your mouth, something comes out of your mouth. There's a process that happens there. And in the same way, Jesus is saying, there's a process that happens here. Your heart begins all of your actions. And inside of your heart, who you really are, your character, who you are, things start. And so think of it this way. What's easier? I invite you to my house. You're my guest in my house. Welcome to my home. I have Christmas lights up. I told you that. So we have Christmas lights. Uh, we come up. I get up early. You stay at my house. I get up real early. I cook you a meal. Excellent meal. I want to take time. You're my guest. And I cook this amazing meal, and we sit down, have excellent coffee, because everyone knows coffee is God's gift to us all. We have a good cup of coffee, and we're smiling, and we're laughing, and I'm telling you stories, and you leave. You're like, oh, what a wonderful time we had. And, and you were a guest at my house, and we had a great time. Scenario B, I invite you to a guest at my house. I invite you over to come on over. I get you up early. We have a great coffee because everyone knows that God's gift to us is coffee. We have a great breakfast, and I took all the time and effort to make sure I had a great breakfast so you can't taste the poison I have in it. And you enjoy the breakfast, and we're smiling, and we're laughing, and you die on the way home. You're smiling and laughing now, I guess, right? The intention changes everything. 
my actions were predicated by my heart. I can have the same intentions, give the same smile. I can smile at you and give you coffee. We can laugh and we have a great time. But if my heart is that I want to kill you, you see how it goes sour. And Jesus teaches us that in our heart, our intention is where evil can be born, and it starts like a sickness. The story I shared with you in the beginning, there's a sickness inside of me, not John. John's got his own story to deal with. Sickness was me. I started the sickness. I allowed a sickness to come into me, and though I never stood on a stage and screamed out, I hate you, I should have had a huge M on my chest of my shirt that said murderer because I did hate him. That's how it comes. And so in our world, now we're talking about the kingdom of God. Let's go to the kingdom of man. So the guy is a jerk. He shouldn't have done that to you. Oh, my gosh, gossip's a sin, so he shouldn't have been gossiping about you. He shouldn't have been doing this. He, and then I sit down, you and I have that fantastic cup of coffee, and we sit there and you tell me how great I am. You tell me, oh, Jason, that should have never happened to you. Oh, how can he do that? That man, should, that man should be this, and that man should be that. And we talk all about that man. That's the kingdom of man, and that's what 99.9% .9 of Christians do, is we sit down and encourage each other who've been through something. And, and that's right. I mean, sometimes those situations happen. But let's talk about that real time of saying, man, I just want to speak into your heart. How are you dealing with it, brother? Sister, let me talk about how you're handling this. You're not handling it like the kingdom. You're handling it like the world. In the kingdom, in God's kingdom, it's totally different. And so in God's kingdom, he is saying to us, friends, don't let it in. Because it is equitable. The same thing is going to happen. Now, another side of this whole thing is it shows you, boy, we really need help to understand God's kingdom. Because God's kingdom is so counter, it's flipped so upside down compared to our world. Our world that we live in, then there's God's kingdom. It looks different. Everything about it is different. And friends, I don't feel that I'm doing justice to you to, as your teacher and as your pastor to not speak the truth of the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is not the kingdom of the world. We cannot continue to try to glue Jesus onto our world. They don't fit. What will happen is you will continue to break down. You'll continue to say, oh, my relationship with God is kind of breaking away. You're going to continue to say, I don't think God's real. I don't know what's going on. And you will always be frustrated because God's kingdom does not fit into our kingdom. God's kingdom is that when you start to struggle, we say, brother, I want to challenge you. Sister, can I challenge you? I see hatred and anger in your heart right now. Let me, let me walk with you through this. Now, there's no judgment because we all have it, right? You all not like, oh, yeah, I, I hate people too, right? So, so I assume I'm not the only hater in the room, right? So if this is true and we all have this problem, why are we afraid of being loving to each other? Because we're afraid of the word judgmental. And truthfully, there have been a lot of judgmental people in my life, which has caused me to hate them, which caused them to sin, not back to the story. So judgmental is like, I'm better than you. You need to change your ways because you are so wrong and I'm so right. Walking with a brother and sister in love is, brother, I'm, I love you. I'm concerned for you right now. Can I, can I be with you in this? I want to help you through this. I don't want that seed to grow. Let's kill it off right now because in the kingdom, it's different. So when Jesus is teaching about the kingdom, everything is different. And then there's this word. This is a confusing passage. He talks about this word that's this 
Middle Eastern, uh, you know, Arabic word, racha, and it's like, what is this word? Uh, it says this, this idea of you fool and racha, and this whole idea, the racha means stupid. You're an idiot. Hey, stupid, you're such an idiot. I know five of you people did it driving here today on those roundabouts. So <laughs> this term is, it's, you're degrading someone's intelligence. You're beneath me. You are below me. You're not worth my time. You are degraded. I, I see you as a nothing. So any term in which you believe that you are greater by somebody is that word. Think about this for a second. Finances, political status, race, where we live, where we don't live, how good you are at something in sports or not good in sports, who's best in class with their grades. When you think that you are greater than and you degrade people, you are putting yourself in a higher place, which means now you've got all of this um, unbelievable arrogance growing. And I believe you're worthless to me. So this word is a degrading, worthless word. Let's use that word because it's powerful. You are worthless. Ooh, that's what Jesus said. So now he moves on to you fool. So fool is character. Uh, fool talks about like, God's looking at the inside, the outward appearance. God looks at the heart. And so when we make public statements about each other, this, this arrogance, we're talking about your character. You're, you make foolish decisions. You're, you're an idiot. Why would you do that? You're degrading people in a whole other way, but now speaks of their character, and now arrogance is flowing through you. You are the greatest in the whole world, and you are nothing. Jesus is saying, hey, you know what? I'm talking about anger and murder, but all of you have done this, therefore you are all murderers. He's equating everybody inside of this group to be sitting on a mountainside like, I just came for the free coffee. This guy's teaching really intense, right? But they're listening to Jesus teach, and this message is saying, wait, I'm guilty. Could you imagine being on this crowd where he's sitting up on a mountain, hundreds, thousands of people, I don't know, but he's sitting there, he's teaching his disciples, and others are listening, and you start to say, wait, they're looking around like, who is he talking to right now? He's talking to you. 2,000 years later, Jesus is still talking to you, that inside of our hearts, when we believe that we are greater than and we demean or in any facet of the way, we are on the same equation because that seed of sin in our heart is a cancer it's going to spread through you now this is an unbelievably humbling message passage for me because i sit back to the time i can remember and how many people i put down in my life how many people i thought i was greater than how many people i hated how many people i gossiped all this stuff i just how i killed with my words how this seed grew in me i think of from the time i was born to the time of now all of this mess that i've created and I sit here not to say I'm full of shame. I sit here to say, wow, how amazing is the gospel of Jesus Christ that I'm forgiven? How amazing is it that I'm a murderer, but he's forgiven me? I was forgiven, I am forgiven, and I will be forgiven because of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That is how powerful the gospel is. So if you've been a believer for a while, maybe you haven't heard the truth of Jesus before, or you're somewhere in between, Every morning when you understand the depths of the kingdom of God brings you back how powerful the gospel is, that if you think you are sick of hearing the gospel, I say to you, you haven't heard it. Because I woke up this morning, I'm like, here, I'm teaching on this. I'm not good enough to teach this, but thank you for forgiving me because I'm going to mess it all up anyways, but I'm forgiven. That's how, this is how amazing 
God is. If you wonder if God loves you, you are in God's kingdom considered a murderer, forgiven. But we move on. Because inside of this, we see something so huge. I want you, if you're a note taker, these are the big ones to write down and plaster. In the kingdom of God, you do not hold anger in your heart that spills out of your mouth. In the kingdom of God, you do not hold anger in your heart that's going to spill out of your mouth. Now, I'm so glad I never stood on that stage and never said those words, but it was in my heart. I might as well have. That's what I felt. And I didn't do it on a stage, but I did it at coffee shops. I did it with friends. I did it with coworkers. I did it all over the place. I don't know if I did it on social media. Probably did. I just, it came out every other way. Jesus says, wow, man, look at what happens when you do that. But I move on. Jesus continues to show us that the severity of our broken relationships and our relationship to God, it goes on in verse 23 to 24. Therefore, if you have an offering, your, uh, leave your gift at the altar, and there remember your brother or sister who has something against you. Leave your gift there in front of the altar. Excuse me, I misread that. 44, I need glasses. First go and be reconciled to them and come and offer your gift. A few things that stick out in this verse. Therefore, if you're offering your gift and you remember, you're the offender of someone that you've hurt. That's the first thing that stuck out to me. If you remember someone that you have messed up, don't even come to worship at this point. Thank you for worshiping. Put down your Bible and your coffee and your worship set and go over here and fix this. Then I want you to come back. I want you to pick up that Bible. I want you to pick up that worship set. Sip, and let's get back to worship. He says something that's so unbelievable. It's our job to make things right. It's your job when you have an offense to make things right. Because forgiveness is a choice. You make a choice to forgive. I choose to forgive. I choose to let you go. You, you are simply no longer guilty. That's forgiveness. Reconciliation is a mending of the relationships. And true reconciliation starts with the offender. Reconciliation means the relationship is working towards being fixed. It might take time, but there's going to be a fixing of a broken relationship. If you are the victim of someone who blasts you, and then you go back to the offender and say, hey, I really want to make up, there's a good chance you're going to get blasted again because we don't know where that person's at. The, it is the offender's job to go and fix the relationship and step into that role. Now, I didn't write this, and I don't, I don't like this, because I want everyone to come to me and say they're sorry to me. So just to be clear here, this is not Jason's thoughts. Jason's thoughts says, I want the easy way, God. If you would just, everyone who has been mean to me just comes, oh, Jason, I'm so sorry. I'm like, oh, forgiven, 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 right? It doesn't work like that. Because on the same side, reconciliation, I've heard a lot of people out there, and it's my job to go and say I'm sorry. How different when we talk the first, the arrogant, all about me, your worthless heart, to say, no, actually, others should be greater than you. You humble yourself, and you lift those people up. Relationships are so important to God that this is a clear statement. I would rather have you leave your worship offering to fix a relationship. That part to me was confusing, but think about it. If you are really jacked up right now, and messed up mentally, you've been going through a hard relationship stuff, how easy is it for you to worship? 
How easy for you when someone's just blasted you and you're hurting and you're broken. I can tell you worship when I was going through my stuff with John was like zero, negative zero. Because all I think about is John, 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 John. Because that is, it has become so sick inside of me. The anger was just breeding over and over. So the worship, myself, I think about what that's like. So if you have broken somebody, if you broke somebody this week, you broke somebody this month, you broke somebody this year, five years ago, it's your job to go and fix it. Now, I'm not going to say it's going to end well. I'm not going to say, that, oh, you're, oh, I love you. I don't know how it's going to end. That's not the point. The point is, God is so serious in his kingdom, he wants you to leave worship to fix relationship. That's his kingdom. And inside of that, we start to see that relationships matter to God. In the kingdom of God, we reconcile broken relationships. We reconcile broken relationships. If you were previously out of church and someone hurt you, I challenge you to go and fix that relationship. If you're here looking and saying, man, but you don't know, Jay, I've been through a lot, I'll just simply say, I have two. I understand. I don't like it. He wrote it. It's the kingdom. But I challenge you, if you've been, especially in the church world, friends, why wouldn't we go and at least go and say, bro, I'm so sorry I hurt you. I'm so sorry. Sometimes we don't even know what we're doing. We didn't do it on purpose. Sometimes you did do it on purpose. All of those things, what would it look like, church, if the church of Jesus Christ, not just us, universal, lived in the kingdom of God and forgave and loved each other? Unbelievable what it would look like. What a testament to the gospel if we do it. But like I said, this could be a year-long message. We move on. Settle matters quickly with your adversary who is taking you to court. Do it while you're still together on the way, or your adversary may hand you over to the judge, and the judge may hand you over to the officer, and you may be thrown into prison. Truly, I tell you, you will not get out until you have paid the last penny. If you mess up, fix it. There you go. That's Jason's version of what just said. If you mess up, fix it. Fix it quickly. Don't lie about it. Go to that person. Make things right. Quickly. Don't wait on it. Don't wait months, weeks, years. I've had reconciliation things that have come years later, and they, it's kind of almost too late. I'm glad, but the pain had been so deep, and the scar had been marked, and I'd forgiven, I've moved on. There's something different when you make a mistake and fix it immediately, the power of forgiveness and reconciliation in the quickness of that. Because Jesus says this, think about this. You handle your mistakes honorably, you handle it quickly. If you don't, it's going to grow broken relationship. Now you're getting sued. This sue's not going to lead to this. And he shows this cascading of, if you handle on your way, take care of it. If not, you're going to go to the judge. Judge might take the officer. Officer might take the jail. And you'll be broke, and you will pay every last dime for it. If you would have taken care of the beginning, it would have hurt, but it's done. So Jesus is talking to us about the immediacy of us needing to fix our relationships. Tie this all back into anger. If we don't take care of things quickly, it will fester and turn into something that's uncontrollable. I tell you the story of John because I'm not proud of that story. It makes me sad. I hope I don't do it again. I hope I've learned. But that story of John and what he had done into my own heart for something messed me up so mentally, physically, and spiritually. It wasn't what he did. It was me 
Now, he didn't come and say, I'm sorry. It's not something that's going to happen that way. Don't need to. But on my half of things, what would have happened if he would have said, Jason, I'm so sorry. Would you forgive me? I should have never done that. I was hurting. I made so many terrible mistakes. Would you please forgive me? I'll tell you what I would have done. No! I hate you! You destroyed my life. You messed up my ministry. I almost... No, I wouldn't say that. I would be a weeping pile on the ground saying, thank you. Brother, forgive me because I did all these terrible things too. Now I started talking. I'm gossiping because I'm trying to get the pain out of my own life. So I'm talking to everybody in prayer requests. Pray for John. He's a jerk, right? Like, I'm faking stuff. I'm, Christians, y'all know what I'm saying, right? We hide those things in like prayer requests and like, could you pray for John, who's a real jerk right now? Like, we, let's be real. Like, I was just trying to get the pain out of my own life in the wrong, sinful, unhealthy way. If we would have handled it quickly, you would have had two men who would have had a stronger relationship, would have said, actually, let us now teach others. Let us disciple others on how to have great relationships through pain. The power of this message, if you're not hearing it, it radiates through each one of our lives right now because that's how powerful the gospel is. The kingdom, we admit our faults and we fix things quickly. Jesus has so, some, something so amazing for us in this passage. In the kingdom of God, things are so flipped upside down. What matters in the kingdom of God does not matter in our world. And in the kingdom of God, we are looking at something very, very simple. What if you said it's not okay to harbor anger, hatred, and spite inside of your heart? I love a good message that gets you all fired up. But I don't want to let you off the hook that easy this morning. I know for a fact some of you are thinking names right now. I know you are because you're nodding. You got wide eye like, is he see me? Like, I, no, I don't. But I know because I wrote this. I did. So I'm going to challenge you right now. I'm going to give you just a few minutes to do this, about a minute. I'm asking you all to take out your phones right now. Take them out. It's okay. It's church. It's new church. You can take out phones. I trust you're not playing Angry Birds. It's okay. Take out your phones. I'm going to challenge you. And everyone has their phone out, so if you don't want to, that's fine. But your phone's out. Would you set a timer at a time when you're available that repeats for one week for the name of that person? And when that timer comes up, I just challenge you to pray. I challenge you to pray. If you are someone you offended, you are the offender. I challenge you to leave your worship at the altar. I challenge you to pray for that person, and I challenge you to go to that person this week. If you're the one who has been broken and offended at, someone has hurt you, I challenge you to pray for that person and pray for if there's anger or bitterness still inside of you at that heart. I ask this for a week because let's see what God does in your heart in one week. What would one week of praying for this person, this situation, this story look like? What would it look like in one week, if you honestly took three, five, 10, 30, two hours, minutes, I don't know, whatever you want, you take time to say, I know what you've done, and you pray for that person. Like, not just once a God, please forgive. Like, really use your time. I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. It's going to change your perspective. 
Jesus did not give the Sermon on the Mount as a suggestion. He ushered in the way of God and the kingdom of God. Let us as a church be an advocate and a voice and a bullhorn to the world of what it looks like to be in the kingdom. We are people in the kingdom who forgive quickly, we don't harbor anger, and we love everybody. Once again, thank you so much for listening. If you live in Southeast Wisconsin, we'd love to connect with you at our weekend gathering for service time, directions, and learn more about our vision to ignite a movement of love that transforms our community and the world. Visit us at mosaicwi.com.